Welcome to the book club. That sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Hello, Ellen. So, so well. So, so good. So, so good. Uh, not joining us as always is my cousin and mom's niece, Chelsea. Welcome, Chelsea. Hi, ladies. We're so glad to have you here. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. We should say we had my other niece, Whitney, on. Yeah. But Whitney, she even tried to read a Julia Quinn and didn't like it. So so, Ju- so Whitney is dead to us. Yes. So she's not my favorite niece. You are, Chelsea. Because <laughs> we got Chelsea into reading romance, and Chelsea just ran with it. And we appreciate that yeah. in her. And that's yes, why Chelsea so. is our favorite. And I hope I Whitney's listening. I am delightful. <laughs> yes, you, you are delightful. <laughs> Uh, today we are going to talk with Chelsea about You Deserve Each Other by Sarah Hogel, and later we are going to reminisce and take a trip down Nostalgia Road and just get to know Chelsea a little bit better. Uh, but first, Mom, Chelsea, what have you been reading and watching? Do you want me to start or Chelsea? You can start. I'll you start. You can start, Julie. Okay. What have I been I mean, reading? Ellen's mom. <laughs> you, can, you can call me Julie. Okay, I think most people are on board. Um, I so last time we read The Roommate yes. with Rosie Dannon. Um, then I read A Sorceress of His Own. Yes, which was featured by uh, Jessica and Megan and Jason on our free for all episode. Yes, yes. So and Ellen's read it before, but yes. I took my little tiny few days of break there and read that. And then I read You Deserve Each Other. And then I'm started, started, which I read. I read and finished The Widow of Rose House by Diana Biller. Yes. And Mom has started that book. Right. And that was recommended to us by Rosie Dannon. Yes. We got chatting with Rosie after the after we'd finished recording. And that was a book she recommended. And so I read it. It's it's really good. It's um it's a ghost story but it's kind of light on the ghost stuff um and it's more definitely preoccupied with the romance and um i really liked it a lot he is like the sweetest he's adorable i'm only like 20 percent in and i'm just like i love yeah he is a freaking (laughs) doll and so yeah i really liked it and if you're looking for kind of you know a romance with some spook to it for october it's a it's a good choice um, Chelsea, how about you? What have you, have you been reading? And it doesn't have to be this past have. week. No, oh, I have been reading Chelsea's a lot. So well, okay. Let me preface. I listen to books. I yes. cheat a little bit. Cause I, I have a lot of kids, like too many. <laughs> and so Chelsea I. Chelsea has four children. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. I like, I like to listen to books while I do things. Yeah. So. That's not that, cheating. I don't think that's cheating. <laughs> Well, with that being said, I also read after um, Jason, Megan, and uh, Jessica. Yeah. Uh, after they recommended it, I read The Rendezvous with a... No, sorry, sorry. Um, I read A Sorceress of His Own yes. by Di- Diane Duval, and I loved it so much that I read The Rendezvous with Yesterday. Oh. Wow. Which did I you? enjoyed. Did you? I really okay. enjoyed it, and I... Um, I wasn't sure how I'd like it because it's kind of a time travel-y one, mm-hmm. but it was good. And then, um, and I'm hoping, I don't know if they can answer this, if Jessica and um, Jason and Megan, I hope yeah. I'm getting those names right. <laughs> I hope they can answer this, but um, I don't know if they know, like, is there another book coming out with Marcus? Because so far there's only two books in that, in that 
yeah. um, series. So there was anyways. a there was a few people in that first one where I was like, well, they should get a book and, and they, they should, should get, get a book. book. And yeah, yeah. The, I yeah. looked at well, the cover they, for the second one and I was like, how can this even be in the same series? Because right, a, it was like right. modern day. That's and I what like, I thought. I'm like, what oh, is going on? <laughs> I'm gonna like this because did I get because, it wrong? Yeah, because um, they they set up the scene so well in the first one that the the era I guess so well mm-hmm. but um no it was really good I enjoyed it and they they did set it up like Marcus should have his own book yeah. eventually but I don't know and anyway so and then I read um to all the boys I've ever loved and to all the boys I've loved before I think. oh yeah that's what it is and then P.S. I still love you is that okay. what it is yeah, and then, the and sequel, then the right, yeah, and then the okay. third one, always and forever, Laura Jean, which is just they're they're okay. really sweet stories, and yeah. I'm excited for Netflix to make that third movie. Yeah, I had read, I read the first, I read to all the boys I've loved before, uh, like a while before the movie came out. I haven't read any of this, the follow-up books, though. I only saw it on Netflix. And only yeah. the first one. I haven't watched the second one yet. Oh, yeah. it's just a sweet, like, high school story. I yeah. I like it. I think it's a good story about, um, I don't know, just waiting for, you know, and not feeling pressured and being yeah. open about, about sex and everything else. I just, I think it's a great read, but. Okay. And she's so, I think she's just so sweet and cute, so. Anyways, um, so that, I think that's what I've been reading. And then I read this book, which yeah. I already forgot the name of it. What you deserve it each other. You deserve each other. <laughs> Good job, Chelsea. Uh, thanks. Nailed it. Um, thanks. Have you been watching anything lately, Chelsea? I have, but people are going to think I'm so boring because I watch uh, The Organize It, which is a oh. little extreme in my opinion, but I still like falling asleep watching it because then I dream about organizing things. And- <laughs> <laughs> Set you on the right track for the next day, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, and I'm really excited that, uh, what is it? The baking. Great British Bake Great, great yes. British Baking. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited they started that, but I'm sad it's season- like episode by episode. Yeah. I, I just want to binge it. We and watched the first episode. We haven't watched. We haven't watched the second and the, one. And yet. the second one just came on, I think, yesterday. So yeah. So I yeah. yeah, I still have to catch up on the second one. But. Do you like the organized show, Chels? Um, yeah, yeah, I do. Um, but like I said, it's a little extreme. Like, like they color code everything, and I'm like, oh. who's? I don't. I make my kids clean, and I'm like, my kids are not putting things away in rainbow order. Like, we're lucky <laughs> if we get them back on this shelf. There's no way my kids are gonna like color coordinate their stuffed animals. Yeah. Their, so I think it works for people who have nannies. I mean, people who clean up for them. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, people who like expect their kids to do it for them, it doesn't. I don't not, think not gonna will. work that way. Yeah. But I like some of the ideas they have, and then I also watched hometown after you guys suggested it it's oh. really cute yeah, yeah. i haven't yeah. seen it before it's really cute i yeah. love her haircut i'm getting her a haircut are you <laughs> i'm, I'm you working should. towards it it is cute her haircut's really cute yeah um, they're really a fun couple yeah so. we like them a lot uh we've been watching so great british bake-off and then we got into this like american barbecue showdown we we're trying to find something that greg would like that my husband would like to watch with us <laughs> so um we got into the american barbecue it's something barbecue off or whatever i don't know what it is yeah. 
Um, And that's pretty fun. And he likes it. (laughs) Yeah. And then um, we watched the first season of uh, the, like, animated Harley Quinn series. And it's on HBO Max. Um, It's pretty funny. It's uh, not for, like, the faint of heart. No. it's And it's not a a cartoon that you watch with your kids. No. Not at all. At all. (laughs) Um, But it's pretty funny. It is pretty funny. Very absurdist and uh, out there. But it's pretty funny. Um, so, yeah, so that's basically all the, yeah. like, new stuff that we've been watching this week. Oh, and then I Turkish forgot. Television. I watched, oh, yes. And I forgot. I watched Enola Holmes, and I loved it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. We liked that Last too. week I watched it, and it was so cute. And, yeah, yeah Henry Cavill was yeah. just splendid as um, Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. So. <laughs> Agreed. A dish to look at. <laughs> he was. He was just, yeah. I liked his character in that. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's get down to business to okay. defeat the Huns. Um, no. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so today we are going to be talking about You Deserve Each Other by Sarah Hogel. It is her debut novel, and her next book, Twice Shy, comes out next April. Um, here is the back cover description. When your nemesis also happens to be your fiancé, happily ever after becomes a lot more complicated in this wickedly funny lovers-to-enemies-to-lovers romantic comedy debut. Naomi Westfield has the perfect fiancé. Nicholas Rose holds doors open for her, remembers her restaurant orders, and comes from the kind of upstanding society family any bride would love to be a part of. They never fight. They're preparing for their lavish wedding that's three months away, and she is miserably and utterly sick of him. Naomi wants out, but there's a catch. Whoever ends the engagement will have to foot the non-refundable wedding bill. When Naomi discovers that Nicholas, too, has been feigning contentment, the two of them go head-to-head in a battle of pranks, sabotage, and all-out emotional warfare. But with the countdown looming to the wedding that may or may not come to pass, Naomi finds her resolve slipping because now that they have nothing to lose, they're finally being themselves and having fun with the last person they expect, each other. So, Mom, Chelsea, what did you think of You Deserve Each Other? Chelsea, you want me to answer first? <laughs> yes, you go first. <laughs> okay. This one was, okay, uh, <laughs> I don't know what, to, probably a like, almost a really liked. Okay. Is that okay? Can I? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say I really liked this one. And I know it's not a popular opinion. Well, but- so we're going to get into the listener comments. This is like our most polarized. It's like either people just did not finish it and didn't like it or they loved it. And it's those extremes. Well, um, I feel sorry for people who didn't finish it because yeah. it's, it it's gets really, hard, cute at the it gets end. really cute towards the end. I mean, I even teared up in a couple places, but um, it's hard to get into. And I was talking to these guys and I kind of compared it to listening to the Pina Colada song where it's cute and fun and bouncy but then you realize wow these people are being horrible to each other yeah <laughs> like why yeah. are they together yeah that was part of I was like wow yeah. but then as it went on I was like oh they're they're adorable and they got adorable and then I had a little problem with the conflict which yeah. I'm sure we'll talk about me too <laughs> but we'll get there um <laughs> But I, I'm going to say I really liked it. Okay. And I'm sure I'll change to really liked by the end of this. <laughs> you guys will probably change my we'll, mind. We'll convince you. Um, yeah. Listen, against all rational explanation, especially since this book, like, flies in the face of so many things that 
we rant about and have issue with on this show. Um, I think I'm going to say I loved this book. Okay. Really? Yeah. I, I at least really, really liked it. I, but yeah, I thought it was really funny. I thought it was unique and, um, and really sweet, like, and kind of explored avenues of romance that don't get explored as often. That's true. And, um, and yeah, I, I just really enjoyed it a heck of a lot. Well, I, I would say she did, she, especially for her first book, I didn't realize it was a first book. For her first book, she took on a really difficult uh, premise. Yeah. And I think she did pretty well with it. I mean, yeah. she made us dislike them in the, in the beginning and think, why are they together? And then she made it super funny when they were, you know, going at each other. And then it just got super sweet. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I think... I think it probably would have been a really liked, almost a love for me. But that last conflict, I it, I was like so mad. I'm I was like, mad come on, you too. guys, come but on. It, at least it was not like a super long, overpowering yeah. one. Yeah, it, that's it, true. That's it true. irritated it, me, but it didn't completely destroy the story for me. Yeah, so. that's true. Good point. We're gonna talk about the conflict, but first, what did we think of Naomi as our heroine? <laughs> You want to go first? Uh, sure. Let me go to my notes. Yes, wow. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't Chelsea know that was a thing. Prepared. I, I yeah. wrote notes. Well, I mean, part of the problem is, is since I listen to it, I have to write down like what I'm thinking. Anyways, I can't. I can't highlight the book while I go through yeah. it. I have to. Anyways, but I felt like she felt a little immature to me for a. What, is she 28 year old? 28. Yeah. Yeah. So somewhere like, around there. Hmm. This seems more like an early 20s person, not someone who's almost 30. <laughs> yeah. But I would agree. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, I'm trying to think. But um, and then I kept I wasn't buying it. Like the reason that she felt like she had to stay. I'm like, I don't know. I didn't feel like I was buying the reason she had to stay. So then it, she would give reasons. And I'm like, that's that's not a good enough reason to yeah. like marry someone. <laughs> Because yeah, you feel like you have to like. It's way easier to just back out now. <laughs> but, anyways, um, but and then I really I liked her more and more as the story went on, just as she started um, doing things more for Nicholas. I started liking her more, and and when she stopped, can I say bitching? Yes. Yeah, about herself. You can say that. Thank you. <laughs> Just beep it out if I can. <laughs> no, I'm going to leave it in. <laughs> um, yeah, I was tired of that, but I felt like as the story went on, she she stopped doing that and focused more on Nicholas, and, mm-hmm. and, it, and I don't know. It just felt better. And when she was screwing around, her, screwing around with her mother-in-law, I think that helped a little bit. Yes. <laughs> Gosh. Her mother-in-law was terrible. The worst. Oh, she was terrible. Her mother-in-law was <laughs> terrible. Like, terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I think what this book was doing is, because I didn't really like her in the beginning. She was whiny. She was... Um, immature. Immature. I, I just wanted her to, you know, do something about her situation instead of just taking it in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And then she kind of went overboard the other way. And it's like, girl, calm 
down. Yeah. <laughs> Take him back a notch. You know, when she's worried about him trying to kill her and all this stuff. And, and um, okay, but as someone who, as someone who uh, gets really into true crime stuff and like was constantly telling my ex boyfriend, like, that he better not murder me. Um, I was hmm. on board with Wonder that. why that didn't work out for yeah. you. <laughs> it's okay. I tell Blake the same, because I listen to true crime podcasts too. Yeah. And I uh, I tell Blake the same thing. Like, like You'll never like, get away with it. Yeah. So you just better you not. Won't. Well, my husband <laughs> and, and I, we And I'm just wondering if I murder you, I will get away with it. <laughs> <laughs> my husband and I always talk about how we would kill each other. And oh, how. that's nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah isn't that, Those who discuss their murder plots together, stay together. Stay together. That's I, true. I think that's what, how it goes. Well, he yeah. better not leave me because I've got plans. <laughs> <laughs> it will backfire. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, so, but I think that that's the journey we were supposed to take with her. Yeah. I think we were supposed to, in the beginning, be irritated with her for just kind of bending over and taking it for so long. And and then, you know, she finally gets some gumption. And, and then I think we're supposed to think, okay, girl, that's a bit overboard. And then she makes this whole journey into realizing. And actually, I was telling Ellen, this book really made me sit back and contemplate my own relationship probably more than a lot of other books have because as she starts to realize what's important in their relationship and how these little things they do for each other, it's not to get somewhere. It's just because you love the other person. Mm -hmm. And um, as she starts to realize how, you know, love works, it really made me sit back and think, you know, and I think we do okay. I think we, my husband and I, sometimes. Yeah. Depending on the day. Depending on the day. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, that I'm not nagging as much as the other days. But um, anyway, I think that I think she was supposed to be irritating through the first part of the book. And then, you know, she kind of comes into her own. And I think that's the journey we were supposed to take with her. So the author achieved that. Yes. Um, I think when I was reading this, I'm like, I think this has to be like the most honest first person POV that we've ever had. Yeah. Because the thing is, is like, (laughs) these thoughts do come into your head, like where you're like, I just don't like him very much today. You know, I'm 12% in love with you. Yeah. 18% in love with you right now. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, so I think like, I think First of all, I think first person POV was a good choice for this one. And um and yeah, so it felt like we were just like deep in her psyche, you know, reading her deepest thoughts about how she was feeling about her fiance. And I I liked that and I thought it was kind of funny. Uh she's she's immature to be sure, but I think yeah, like you're saying, the whole the whole point is to watch her grow up and yeah, maybe she's doing it a little bit late into her 20s. But, um, but yeah, I think, you know, she grows up. She kind of figures out what she wants to do job-wise and all sorts of things. And, um, and yeah, her turnaround point. Her turnaround point for me was when she goes to shovel his parents' walk. His parents' driveway. <laughs> hey, that's what I put for my swooniest moment. Oh, well, that's a good one. <laughs> oh, that is a good one. Um, and I... You know, it's like, it's, that's her, her realization of like, I'm not doing it for them. I'm not doing it for brownie points. I'm not doing it. I'm doing it because it's a nice thing to do for my sick fiance. And, um, 
you know, she hadn't been standing up for herself, but she learns how to do that a lot more while also realizing that she needed to give more of herself in the relationship. And, um, yeah, I just, I, you know, she's, she is not the most likable heroine we've ever had, but she felt honest and she felt, and she was a fun person to spend the book with, I think. Yeah, Yeah, because she was a bit of a hot mess through most of it. (laughs) Well, and I thought the author did a good job, um, showing like you can look Instagram perfect but it can be something totally different yeah in the real like in your actual relationship which I thought she did a good job with that yeah for sure because that's the thoughts that were going through her head like oh now we have this perfect picture of us together but it's still yeah if anything and there and some of the listener comments um get into this with this book um but my thing when I was reading it was I kept wondering if the book would be better if it wasn't so early in their relationship. I mean, so like a year into the relationship felt a bit, um, a bit early to be having like these built up hostilities. Because it's almost like a midlife crisis type thing on both of their, on both ends, because marriages go through that where you get into a point where, you know, you've been married for seven or eight years and you've got X number of children and you've got jobs that you're working on and, and, you know, there's all these other outside stresses outside the marriage and it kind of will pull you into a, you know, I, I'm not focusing as much on the marriage as I should be because I've got all this other stuff going on. And I think right. it happens for men and women. And, um, you know, and that's why a lot of marriages go through a difficult time well, like and that. I, I feel like on the other side of that is, um, like, I saw a lot of people who were, you know, first married that first year when they first lived together for the first time, which happened a lot where we're at, is, um, and that was the hardest part of their yeah. marriage, was that yeah. first year of learning how to live together. So, I mean, I could kind of see how yeah. you move in together and all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. I love everything you're doing now. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. It's like my husband and I have talked about it and it's like, I'll always love you, but sometimes I don't like you so much. And I think that's kind of what she, when she was saying, I love him 12%, because I, I agree with him that you can't really put a percentage can't on him. Quantif- quantify <laughs> love. On how much you love yeah. someone. And um, so, I mean, I'm always going to love him, but yeah, there's days when he, he makes kinda, it harder. He makes it hard for me to like him. <laughs> but I, I think they're grumpy. I think that's <laughs> every like, marriage. Okay, come on. <laughs> um, listener Raquel in, in, relation to Naomi asked, do you consider Naomi lacked ambition professionally? If so, how do you feel about heroines who are not as goal slash career oriented? She said, would love to hear your thoughts on this on the podcast. That's a good question. It is a good question. Um, I'm here for it because as someone who has never been super career oriented um i'm like yeah i i I feel that i can't i don't think you can say that because when you've had a good job you've really immersed yourself in doing a good job at that job um you just don't have to have a job right now but that's that's cool um i'm not trying to badger you but um well first of all i'll be the first to say i don't think college is for everybody and i i don't know that everybody on the planet has to have a college degree i Mm -hmm. will say that um if she wants to go to college, though, I think, I mean, they, I think the author left it open as to, you know, once they get together and they're happy in what they're doing, he'll probably support her in doing whatever she wants to do. Yeah. 
And um, even when he was telling her that he gave up his job in Madison so she could stay there for her minimum wage job, which I get that would be a little irritating. But I don't think he would have been happy in a big city because he really wanted to live out in the woods and, you know, do what they ended up doing. Mm -hmm. And um, so even though and but bless her heart, she never threw that back at him in his face. Yeah. And she thought um, about it a few times. <laughs> but uh, I think it's OK to especially at some point in your life think, wow, I did this, but. I would rather do this. Like I did, I'm one who didn't get my degree until I was almost 40 because I stayed home and had babies. Well, I put my husband through school, then I stayed home and had babies. And then once my youngest was in kindergarten, I went back to school and got my degree. So I didn't, you know, finish my life goals until I was nearly 40. So, mm -hmm. you know, um, I don't think everybody has to have it all figured out right away. Mm-hmm. Mm -mm. No, I did feel like, not just because she didn't go to college, but I thought the author did a good job making feel like, like, what is she doing with her life a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then, but then as the book went in, on and, and you kind of realized, uh, like, she was trying, she, she was trying different things that, yeah, right. And you kind of understood, oh, okay, yeah. She, well, and she's her, not a deadbeat. Yeah. And her insecurities around, you know being rejected around that yeah, and and definitely. i liked that you know she has this kind of quirky thing that she's good at in arranging these mannequins and that that's what kind of eventually kind of helps her get a job yeah yeah mm -hmm. um okay so let's talk about nicholas what do we think of nicholas as our hero well I'll go first this time because <laughs> like, I've got it here and I'll lose it if I don't. Um, <laughs> I didn't like him. I mean, at the beginning, I was like, yeah, I get why you're... When in he, the beginning, he was pissing me off way more than she was. When he came in and so, wanted her to make cookies and, yeah. you know, get off the couch and make cookies. You're not doing anything. I was like, Gosh, I was like dang, oh, dude. damn you. I'm like, <laughs> no. Yeah, no. But, um, but he is the one that started, like, trying to come around in his defense first before she did yeah i mean he was trying to be kinder to her before she was and and even then like buying the house without asking her yeah things like that were a little um off-putting but in the long run you could see where he was trying to save things and and try to trying to do things that were helpful for them and uh so yes he he was irritating but i think he ended up coming around sooner than she did mm -hmm. yeah um i he he like i said he really pissed me off in the beginning more so than her and it's probably because we were in her head you know seeing things from her perspective but um i was pissed off at him in the beginning but yeah he's like by the end i was like oh nicholas, oh, nicholas. you're such a sweetheart a and sweetheart. um you know he does i don't i you know, I don't think he does more. I don't think it needs to be like a No, I don't think it was more. Thing. I think I think he's the first, yeah. you know. Um and and yeah, the house pissed me off, but also you do see like how having that house together really does kind of Well, he knew what she would like. He knew she would like it. Yeah. So, um you know, bless his heart there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, let me let me say this about the the flower situation. The, 
Like, I get where she was coming from and he was coming from from the flower situation. Because yeah. when, when my husband and I were first married, we were dirt poor college students. And, and I had told him, like, I don't need flowers. Like, we probably need food more than, like, I need flowers kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, we should eat. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> somewhat important. Yeah. So, in his mind, he had it that I didn't want flowers. And so, we started making more money and he wasn't buying me flowers still, <laughs> which I could have said something. But, um, and and then he start like, he buys his mom flowers and he buys his um, single, his sisters who were single like flowers for Valentine's Day and stuff like that. And I'm like, hang on a minute. (laughs) (laughs) So it was like, I could totally relate to Naomi right here. Yeah. Where he's buying his mom flowers and not her flowers. But but it was just because he thought, I thought flowers were impractical. and, And he thought flowers were impractical, but... Now he does buy me flowers, but most of it is because my oldest son, uh, he he make at like every day before Mother's Day and Valentine's Day, he makes Blake. Sorry, my husband go to <laughs> to the grocery store and buy me flowers. So it's really my son. Flowers but. are like the perfect thing for that to have been an issue because I'm also like. Yeah, I don't need flowers. Like flowers, I'm like buy me donuts. Yeah, they they die and you know whatever. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, um, but they're also nice to get. You know, it's like when you get flowers, it's like oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. I I have not gotten flowers very often in my life, but that's okay with me because I neither his his mother or sisters. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Plus, he's just always been gone, like in foreign countries, a lot of times over yeah. Mother's Day and Valentine's Day and. Um, when he's home, he's usually very sweet about doing nice things for me, but I, Flowers I'm, I'm, isn't one of them. No, yeah. and I'm super practical, too. There yeah. was one time... It's so like a fault you are. Yeah, it's true. Um, <laughs> well, was, and now, let me say, my hus- when my husband buys me flowers, it's like ones that are in dirt, not ones that are going to oh. die in like three days. Yeah. So yeah. ones you can repot. <laughs> yeah. But I, then they die and he makes fun of me for not having a green thumb, so. <laughs> <laughs> I did get flowers one time. And that's because it was my birthday, and I woke up in the morning, and I was getting ready to go to work, and um, people kept calling me. Like, my parents were calling me, my brothers and sisters, no, well, not my brother, but my sisters yeah, were calling like- me. <laughs> <laughs> and um, That doesn't sound like my dad. <laughs> <laughs> we're calling to wish me happy birthday, and, and finally, uh, my husband says, why does your damn phone keep ringing? What's going on? How come people keep calling you? And I just, I was like, I just looked at him. I said, I don't know. Maybe there's a reason. And then I left and went to work. And I didn't say a thing to him about it because he had totally forgotten it was my birthday. <laughs> and um, so I, when I was at work, like halfway through the day, I get this bouquet of flowers delivered to my classroom. It's <laughs> like, ah, oh, he just realized. <laughs> he knew all along it was to surprise you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sure, we'll go with that. But it's that's, not accurate. That's so, that's so Greg. <laughs> He's okay. spoony like that. Chelsea, what did you think of Nicholas? <laughs> oh, um, I I loved that he was a secret nerd. I thought that was cute. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> at it was the cute. End. Yeah. Um, and how he got so excited about her playing. Yeah. Whatever that game His was, computer I can't game. Even yeah. <laughs> um, but um, I felt like I could tell he cared about her with the little things he did more than. And she wasn't picking up on it. So I was getting a little like, come on, it's obvious. Yeah. But 
So I I liked him better than I liked her at, in the beginning, but. Yeah. Well, even because she even says, you know, oh, he opens doors for me and he does these for this for me and this for me and he does this for me. But but I was like, those are nice things to do for someone. You know, yeah. those are those you can't just shrug those away. I mean. Well, and I think that they she does a good job in this book of like of showing that everybody kind of has their their different ways. And, you know, she has that realization later on in the book where, you know, it's really important to him to be able to provide stability, you know, to those around him, whether it's his family or her. And, you know, she catches on, like, that is one of his ways of, you know, so all those times where I think he's putting down my career or my job, you know, it's, he just wants, that's, He's part wants, of how he shows love is yeah, to, he wants me to know that no matter what I do, yeah. I he'll he's there as a backup for me. So yeah. So um, okay, let's. We've kind of touched on all of these things, but I basically broke down this book into three parts, and we're just going to kind of take it part by part. <laughs> so <Good idea. laughs> let's talk about the beginning when they're at war with each other. Um, do you have any favorite moments? Do you have what, what did you think of that as an overall, you know, part of the book, I guess? Oh, I did write this down when <laughs> I was laughing out loud when he's like, I don't even know what they were fighting about. But he's like, what the F do you want for dinner? <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> I effing want pizza. And I was like, fine. I got an effing coupon for, what is it, Bonino's <laughs> anyway. And she's like, fine. I effing love Bonino's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was funny. <laughs> There was a lot of like laugh out loud yeah. moments yeah. in this book. It was it was even when they were being ridiculous and I think that's why I can still love this book is cuz even when they were being ridiculous it was entertaining, you know. Well, and the thing that bugged me at the beginning and it kind of bugged me through a good chunk of the book is that they so rarely stood up for each other. Like when her, his mother was being horrible to her, he wouldn't stand up for her. And then when her friends were being horrible to him, you know, when they yeah. had the game night, she wouldn't stand up for him. I was like, come on, someone, you know, it's that kind of mentality of, uh, well, it's like a romance it, book mentality. <laughs> well, no, well, it's even like, like, no, I know, with your yeah. siblings, if, if your siblings drive you crazy, but then when you go to school with them or something and someone else tries to pick on them, you're like, oh no, I can pick on that kid all you want, but you're not picking all, you know, you're not yeah, picking on yeah, them because definitely. they're my sibling, yeah. you know? So, it, <laughs> yeah. so even I think that they should have at least had each other's back on for that mentality. Well, but of, that's the whole thing of the book. I mean, uh, that's like I agree. I a agree. big turning point of the book is when they realize like, oh, these things are a lot more fun when we're, when we stand together right. and when we... You and know, I did like team. that when he was like, this would be fun if we did it to like, count me in. I yeah. want to be a part of this. I, yeah. would, I would love to do that with you. I'd love to freak out my mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Like that. And when they stood up to Melissa together and, you know, I think that's a big turning point in the book is, uh, and realization is that, you know, it's like, oh yeah, we can be a team. We don't have to be like pitted against each other yeah. all the time. Um, yeah, I, in terms of, like, moments I loved, I I loved when they're at the dinner at the beginning and she's just messing with him and her mom and his mom, like, the whole time. And she's talking about, 
getting a handyman in and <laughs> like, oh yeah, Nicholas hasn't been handy in a long time. And <laughs> That's right. <laughs> He's just seething. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't use the tools at his disposal and all that stuff was really funny. Um, I yeah. did, I did like the whole, like when she just finally is like, I, I'm going to do whatever I can to get rid of him. And she cuts her bangs. That part cracked me up because we've all been there yeah. and tried yeah. to cut our own bangs. I yeah. never, I've every person I've ever lived with. I, and like, you know, I've been like, if I one time say I'm going to cut bangs, don't let me do it. Mainly because I hate growing them out. It's not that they look bad. It's just, I hate growing them out. So, uh, when I was in college, I would just, we'd just be sitting around on a Friday night and we'd say, eh, do you want to cut my hair? Like some, some random roommate. Yeah, let's go cut your hair. <laughs> just turn into like a haircut thing. And none of them had any experience and you wind yeah. up with a terrible haircut. And But um, anyway, uh, I, it cracked me up when she cut her bangs and then she hated it. So it was just like backfired. And then uh, just all of it. Yes. And her wearing, you know, her sweatshirt and, and leggings to dinner, to yeah. the Sunday dinner. And uh, just all of it was so funny. And um yeah, it was super enjoyable to read. And but I then thought it was to- cute that he was like, I don't care. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. I think you're beautiful that. all the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted you. No, 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 that's fine. Um, okay, now let's talk about the middle bit where they both kind of start trying a little harder to see if, if they can work it out. And I loved it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, like, especially for those people who, like, didn't finish it, if you didn't get to that part, I'd be curious, like, if anything changes for you, if you, once yeah. you kind of get to that part. Because well, I wasn't enjoying it as much through the first part, but I knew. You could see where it, it was going. Yeah, I could see where it was going to be going, and so yeah. I knew it was worth it to keep going. The, um, I did love when they were, like, fighting and tickling, and then he... He got an erection and she was laughing oh, at him. I, He's like, I can't help this, it. The secondhand embarrassment is that what I was like embarrassed for him. Like, oh my gosh, why would you bring that up? <laughs> well, I don't, I mean, I don't think he had a choice in bringing it up. Yeah, yes. <laughs> um, the author, I think she does a really great job because the blame is never on one person. And, you know, I like that exchange where he says, you know, like, I'll do it if you say you're sorry. And she says, sorry for what? And he said, for your half. You know, it's like they both have things to be to sorry about. For. Yeah. And, um, and they both knew. It. Well, yeah, I think they both knew it. Yeah. yeah. And and so like none of, none of them are, they're both equally to blame. And there's also not one of them where it's like, well, obviously she started it. And that's what set them on the decline or him. It's like. It's, it's, you know, like the frog in the boiling water. It's, you just kind they kind of eased into it. And I think that that Mm -hmm. is authentic to what happens in real relationships. Well, and she would, she even would think in her head, I know I'm being terrible. I know I'm being a horrible person. Yeah. You know, so she was aware of, of how awful she was being. Yeah. 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 And I, I loved the like restorative properties that this house had and I do think just, like, giving them a project and somewhere where they could kind of, giving them somewhat of a fresh start was helpful to them. And and him and his canoe falling in the water and then grabbing her. And, yeah. <laughs> and then the shower. The shower. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that was 
of all them. good. Right? Yes. Um, and yeah, he just needed to get further from his parents. Yes, his parents yeah. were Less terrible. accessible to his parents because his mom was the absolute worst. Well, she was toxic. She was just yeah. a toxic person. Um, I've been, I wrote down some lines. Let me read some to you and get your guys' thoughts. Um, I've been withholding nice gestures to punish him for not giving me enough nice gestures and just look at how well that attitude's panned out for us. Thoughts? That's a terrible way to handle anything. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think the whole thing is she just needed to stop keeping score. Like, she had that password-protected document of, you know... His good, his good things, or his like you know, their points in the battle of wills they were having, and things like that. And um, you know, she just needed to realize that that's not why you do nice things or mean things. It's well, and I think the opposite was, is true too. If you if you're in a toxic relationship or a really bad relationship, you can't keep doing nice things for that person and expect it change them because that doesn't always work either but in Mm -hmm. this case they were both good people they just you know had run into you know they just gotten on each other's nerves yes yes Yeah. yeah yeah um and then the other one i wrote down was uh I want to tell you, I want you to tell me when you get bad news so that you're not going through it alone. And then a little bit later, she says, I tried to keep him at a safe distance where he could only see the decent parts of me and it made us both miserable. I inadvertently let him in to see the ugly parts, but instead of running away like I'd counted on him to do, he wrapped his arms around all of that ugliness and didn't let go. That's a swoony moment. That is. Yeah. Sweet one. Just their whole, because... Her kind of um, breaking down and be- and kind of becoming vulnerable and telling him about, you know, these rejections that she's been going through and things like that. I thought that that was a really sweet moment and another turning point for them. And um, Well, and I think part of the problem, or not problem, but part of it, it comes from, you know, he's from this very well-to-do family, very well-to-do family. He's very established in his career. He's, mm-hmm. you know, he's got... To her, it looks like he's got everything, you know, lined up, ready to go, and and he's got this perfect life, and she doesn't want to be, like, the only one that has, is vulnerable or has mm-hmm. things about her that's not good. And um, so I think that's one of the reasons why she hated for him to see some of those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think she just needed to, but, you know... He also starts becoming a little bit more vulnerable to her and talking about his insecurities and maybe, you know, I think, and I think part of it too is she always thought him and his mother had this like codependent relationship, but for him, it's just like, no, I just need to like keep her at bay, but also, you know, take care of them because they're my parents, you know, and. Oh my gosh, the newspaper. (laughs) Whatever the write in, I forgot oh, what it God. Was, oh. that yeah. he was <laughs> when he, he was, was sending letters to yeah. his mom. Yeah, that was great. And then she'd answer him, and it would be totally opposite of what she was actually doing with him. Like your mom will understand. Yeah, <laughs> it's like just no. tell her that you don't want her to plan the wedding. She'll understand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, let's talk about the conflict because I know you guys have thoughts. I do have thoughts. Yeah, Chelsea, thoughts. Well, I've shared the beginning, like my my feelings with 
the beginning conflicts, I guess, with mm-hmm. the reason she felt like she had to stay in it. I but what about the, like, ending with the That one, I, so I was just so mad that she just didn't walk inside and be like, what is this? Yeah. Why did you throw these away? Why did was... she run away? Well, let's just <laughs> explain that she is gone and she actually, like, had bought him breakfast and had done all these nice things, washed mm-hmm. his car, did all this stuff. They had just had sex. They just had the sex. The night before. He drove all night to get home <laughs> because she said she missed him and... And um, so she went out and ran some errands. And then when she got home, there were trash bags out. And in the trash bags, he had thrown away their wedding invitations. Yeah. And she just turns around and drives away and doesn't want to have anything to do with them and doesn't answer her phone. She, like, throws her phone in the (laughs) backseat. And it was just everything I hate about a conflict. But it was only, I guess, well, it was all day. Here's my thing with the conflict. I know. I know. It's, like, everything that we don't like. She wouldn't answer her phone, but it didn't last very long, both within, like, the timeline of the story and also in actual reading time. Yeah. Um, so... You're a faster reader, Ellen. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> just <kidding>. But, um, <laughs> like, it didn't feel... It didn't feel like it was, like, harped on for a long time, which some of them do. And so it didn't bother me as much. I yeah. also, like, rolled my eyes a bit at it, but, you know, if... If she didn't, if she had stormed in and said, what the heck? Um, I mean, when I was reading it, I'm like, obviously. obviously. I mean, I could see it coming even before it happened that yeah. that he was, I could tell that they were just going to like do away with this wedding. You know, that that was going to be the, the result of all this was mm-hmm. that they were going to have their own wedding that was for them and not for his mother. And um, I'm glad that that is how that went down. And that was, I like, I really appreciated that they yeah. had their own little wedding. Yeah, that was for them. And and that invitation was awful. It was awful. It didn't even have awful. her parents' name in it. No. Well, it didn't even have, like, her name correctly or something. And I love how, like, his parents' names were in all caps at the top. Like, that was, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Yeah, which may, you didn't see, but, like, on the invitation in the text, like, his parents are in all caps at the very oh, top. It? And then it's, you know. And her name is, like, buried somewhere. In fact, it has their his parents' name and his name. And, and the then date. the wedding and the date and everything. And then it has her name down at the bottom. Yeah. And it's like, gosh, dang. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah. So, I appreciated that that was the culmination of, you know, how this all went down. But, yes, I agree that that was frustrating with the phone and the running away but it didn't bother me as much as it. Well, and I think I think ahead. this. Oh, sorry. The conflict for. Well, I think it was just built upon because, like, I'm like, oh, we're past all that petty, annoying parts. Yeah. Like now we're only in like lovey, and I realized there had to be one more conflict. But I thought she would handle it a little better. Especially but as I far agree. as they'd come. It. Yeah. But, but I get it. And she did it, know as soon as she bought food. And by the way. As someone who keeps track of their husband through credit card receipts. <laughs> you appreciated that? I appreciated that. I don't, get a, I don't get a notification every time the credit card's used. But if I don't know where my husband is, which is often because he flies out of the country and I don't know where he is or what he's doing. And people will say, oh, where is, where is he flying to today? And I was like, I have no idea. I just know he's not home. <laughs> but um, so a lot of times I'll keep track of, oh, he must be in Japan. I just got a credit card charge yeah, from Japan. From Japan. Um, anyway, she knew as soon as she purchased something that he would know where she was. So it was 
you know, she was giving in pretty quickly. Yeah. And, um, and then it was sweet when he came and they were yeah. throwing away all the invitations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, guys. Let's talk about sex, baby. Uh, 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 <laughs> this one was pretty mom friendly. It was, it was pretty. It was a slow burn, I would say. Yeah, I would say too. Yeah, for but, especially for people who have already had it. Yeah, you know, yes. it's pretty tame. Because that's what I thought. I thought, oh, they've already. I mean, they've been together. They've already had it that time of their life once. Like yeah. it's gonna be crazy. Yeah, <laughs> but it wasn't. Yeah. No, No, it was, was, and, you know, it seemed like for him, the sexy times were a big component of when he started to feel, like, when he started to give up on them a bit. Yeah. And so to have Well, I don't blame him to, to like, be doing someone who's not there. Yeah, like, she's checked out, you know. It's kind of like, well, this is not great. Yeah. (laughs) And so to have them wait until they were both, like present emotionally and, and mentally and things like wanting that. It and yeah. yeah. And it was I, so, I was glad they, they did wait till yeah. they were. So that, I thought board. that was nice and rewarding. And, um, I thought, I think also important to the story that they didn't have it until. And the fact that he drove through the night to get home to see her. And I mean, all of it was really sweet. Yeah. yeah. Well, my favorite sexy time isn't when they were having sex. It was when they were in the shower together. Like, I yeah, felt yeah, right? the heat when they're just standing there showering and they're looking at both, like, sneaking peeks at each yeah. other. I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> this is killing me. She's like, this wood chopping and stuff has really helped him out a lot. <laughs> yeah. 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 All that was, yes, the shower was, and I agree, it was, that was where you feel more of the, like, ooh. Yeah. ooh like, like the te- the sexual tension of, oh, man. Yeah. I would say their actual sex scene was more, like, kind of sweet and tender, and then mm-hmm. the the shower scene is where you feel, like, well, the, the fact flirty... that she had climbed in his bed, and I, it was it was all yeah. really cute. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Chelsea, it sounds like we already mentioned your swooniest moment. I can... I have another one. I, okay. I mean, there's, there's so enough. there Yeah, there are. So what are some <laughs> of your swooniest moments? Chelsea, we'll let you, you go okay. first. Okay, so you don't take my... Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the, which I felt like it's rare that I, the swoony moment for me is when she was shoveling the the sidewalk for his parents. Yeah. Um, And it's rare that it's the the girl who gets the swooniest moment. I feel like it's usually something the guy does that makes it like, oh, that was so swoony. Yeah. But, um, but then my other one, since we already mentioned that one, was just when they were talking about when they first met. At the yeah. end, when that chapter when they talked about when they first met, I thought, oh my gosh, this is so sweet. And he, anyways, I just loved it. And I liked the placement of it, like, yeah. kind of yeah. towards the end. So, like, we don't, we get their, like, second date, I think, right at the beginning of the, the book. The prologue is their second date. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then the, um, which was... The way she wrote that second date where she's, like, talking about holding your hand in a certain way so that they can yeah. hold it. Yeah. And I'm like, and oh, yeah. That's... He has a mint. He has yeah. a mint. Or, or like, <laughs> a mint two package. Wrappers, so this is going down. <laughs> yeah, all of that was, like, He great. wants it. He totally yeah. wants it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I thought that the placement of, because they, they kind of keep teasing how they first met. And so I thought that that was kind of a sweet reveal towards the end but um mom how about you well first of all on chelsea's i want to say the one thing i found completely unrealistic is this girl had been raised in wisconsin and had never shoveled snow before oh yeah i find I that difficult think about to believe. that <laughs> yeah, that's 
that's true. I mean, I was raised in California, and I've shoveled a lot of snow. But, but um, it's from when you lived in other places. But when I lived in other places. That's very I live, let me say this. I live in Idaho, and I have to shovel all the time. Pregnant. Yes. I have to pregnant shovel all I've the I've done that, Chelsea, <laughs> yeah. lots and lots of yeah. times. So I feel you, girl. Yeah. Um, I, my sweetest moment was going to be their first date, that first time they met. Uh, I thought that was really cute. I loved how when she, <laughs> I loved how when she said, "I'll go out with you if you can knock those two pins over," and so he walks up the aisle and knocks <laughs> them over. I love. I thought part. that was so cute. He's and like, then, "Why leave it up to fate?" Yeah. <laughs> and then when he does it again with the, the invitations, invitations, when they're throwing yes. the wedding invitations away, he takes it from her hand and just takes it over and drops it in. <laughs> And um, yeah. I just thought that was all really cute. And yes, well-written. And I loved that we waited for that story to, back when they were now in love again. And, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, cute. My Sunni's moment has already been mentioned. But when she he shows her his computer game. Oh, that was really and cute. And he's getting all... He gets kind of, like, embarrassed and shy to show her. But then, you know, when she expresses, like, no, this is cool. And he's like, oh, really? Let me tell you more about it. <laughs> and then she was frustrating him because she wasn't using the, the gifts right or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she was doing better. Then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that too. Well, and then when she sent him flowers and she sent him the flower from, from the game. The game. That yeah. was really cute. Um, so mm-hmm. that, was, that was the part where I was just like, oh, this is sweet. Because it's not, it's not anything amazing or super unique but it was just it felt really sweet and personal to them and um honorary mention to just their notes that they start passing yes like, when she was sending was notes cute. in his lunch yeah it was yeah. cute um okay there's some notes in my son's lunch but it says like eat your food tina <laughs> that's the kind of notes i send in my son's lunch <laughs> he loves it <laughs> he was like mom you're so embarrassing <laughs> Um, we have a lot of listener comments on this one because, like I said, it's very divisive. So let's dig in. Uh, Catherine says, I wasn't expecting to like this one based on the pitch and the cover, so I was floored by how much I got into it. Like, I read romance for a couple who get, I read romance for a couple who gets together, not one that is actively working to break apart. For me, the voice makes up for any of the things that would normally make it not for me. There are a million reasons I shouldn't be charmed by it, but I super was, so that worked for me. I'll agree with any plot quibbles y'all have, I'm sure, but I still liked it. Plus, it's not like the poor communication popped up at 70% for drama. It was the whole crux of the novel, so that feels different. Point well made, Catherine. Um, An easy wreck to those who don't like romance, I think. Also, might recommend to my mother-in-law so she can bask in how much better she is than Deborah. (laughs) Overall, glad y'all picked this one for the book club because it was enjoyable and I wouldn't have read it otherwise. First of all, I'm glad that her mother-in-law is better than Deborah. That's a low bar, but (laughs) I'm also glad to hear that. Um, And yeah, I totally agree. It's if I think that in part this poor communication at the end didn't bother me because that had been their problem all All along along. yeah that's Um, true so i think that helps but i i do want to agree with the fact that this was a premise that's different than anything we've ever read it's a complete i mean yeah it's still a romance but it was a completely different thing than we've ever read before and i i appreciate that well and and it's a second chance romance but it's still very different from most second chance romances as well so yeah i i agree um, 
Cassie says, the only reason I finished this book was because of the podcast. If not for the podcast, I would have likely given up after the first couple chapters of this book. Uh, this was a mostly unpleasant reading experience. Naomi was insufferable. She was so unnecessarily bitter. Nicholas wasn't great either, but I genuinely could not understand why Naomi hated him so much. The relationship between Naomi and Nicholas was very toxic and bordered on abusive at times. This book felt like it was inspired by the hating game, but the reason the enemies to lovers trope worked in that book was because the main characters didn't really know each other that well, despite working together. This story was about a couple who chose to be together, dated, and willingly got engaged. I wasn't convinced as to why they started to hate each other and why it would be so difficult for them to just break up. Once they started liking each other, again, 60 to 70% into the book, they didn't really work their, through their issues very thoroughly. And then they were madly in love. The concept and execution of this story didn't work for me, unfortunately. Cassie, I can get on board with that as a comment because I I do wish that maybe there was more of why they were together because like we didn't really understand that completely like what it was that made them agree to get engaged you know and then um more of and that's why I think that this might have worked better as a couple who's been married for a while or even dated for a while, um, like longer than a year and a half. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I can buy into that. I, I even made note of that when I was reading it, but I think I was enjoying it enough to overlook that. I think, too, because part of listening to Naomi's voice through the story, because she drove me crazy a lot of times, too. Yeah. But I think part of the problem Naomi was having is Naomi was unhappy with a lot of things in her life, and she was blaming him for all of it. Mm -hmm. I think she was unhappy with her job and the fact that she never went to college and, the, and that she couldn't get a good job. And So I think there was a lot of things that she was kind of disappointed in herself about, and she kind of just dumped it all on him. And I think that's what she had to kind of overcome and grow through and... You know, then she realized, well, he's not as bad as I'm making him out to be because this isn't all his fault. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth says, this was my favorite of the year so far. And I've read it twice now because the writing was just so good. I will concur with that. Her writing is really good. She's really funny. She's got very distinct voice. Um, so, yeah, I thought. And I really liked her, like, structural layout and all that. So, Yes. Um, I, Elizabeth continues, I can't even begin to list the number of times I laughed out loud, but my favorite things were the spaghetti making scene. That oh my gosh, was my really funny. Funny. Gosh, so gross. <laughs> <laughs> and he just sits down and eats it with her and they're both just saying, this is so nasty. <laughs> and then they heat it up the then next they day. The leftover. Which is even worse. <laughs> and it sounds so the terrible. Fara, the Fara Ficelli or, I can't remember what it was. It was <laughs> well, they like, made up some gosh. crazy name yeah. for it, but. Uh, yeah, that was hilarious. Uh, the time she described the hero as a soap opera diva and every reference to Magnolia in front of the mother-in-law. <laughs> yes, that was all good. Uh, she said, I also loved the vulnerability Naomi shows when she finally uh, talks about all the rejections she's faced with her job applications. It's really hard and sometimes embarrassing to admit when something isn't working out the way you wanted it to, and the way Nicholas supports her through this is perfection. Also, the author's acknowledgments at the end are definitely worth reading. Hogel talks about her publishing journey 
and as an aspiring author myself, it meant so much to read about how she struggled but finally came out the other side. Sarah Hogle may be a debut author, but it's clear to me that she's worked really hard along the way to be at the top of her game when publishing finally said yes. Yeah, I read that as well, and I thought that was really sweet and inspiring as well as someone who would like to to write a book and get it published someday. Um, Deanna says, I'm fully prepared to be on this island by myself, but I loved this book. I laughed hard when Naomi is talking about their future kids, and she says, a son named Nathaniel, his grandparents call him Nat. <laughs> which I'll hate. Guys, my to- my toddler, Breaker of iPads, is named Nathaniel, and we call him Nat. Also, really loved the Farah Ficini. That's what it was. Um, because I could totally picture these two eating horrendous food to one-up each other and try to get the other one to break first. This whole scene gave me serious friend vibes from... Uh, friends vibes from when Chandler and Phoebe are challenging each other during their date when the group is trying to get Chandler and Monica to confess their dating. That's probably like my favorite Friends episode ever. So yes, I know exactly which one you're talking about. Um, this book really hit me in a way I wasn't expecting based on the description. I really related to Naomi, poss- possible TMI, but I was set to marry my college boyfriend of six years and called it off after four months before our, oh, called it off four months before our wedding. In addition, my husband and I had a period of time where we basically were roommates who happened to be married instead of feeling like husband and wife. We're fine now, so don't worry. Uh, (laughs) Neither of us wanted to listen to the other person, and we were so wrapped up in our own hurt, we couldn't see that the other person was also hurting. Or when we did see it, we didn't care. There were days in both relationships when I could all of a sudden look around and think, how did I get to this point? Who is this person? Referring to either of us. Is this really what I want the rest of my life to be like? In those moments, I would have done and did almost anything to break the cycle and feel like myself again. All this to say, I've read some good reviews Goodreads reviews that describe Naomi and Nicholas as immature and manipulative, which I can't disagree with, but my personal experience made me relate to both of them and not judge them based on actions alone. Yeah, I think, and it's kind of like I said, I think, um, I think that because this one was first person POV, like we get her basest thoughts, you know? Right. And so I thought that's what kind of made it work as well as it did for me. Um, and I just want to, because I share stories, you know, when they make me think of stories. But yeah. when Ellen was born, and I talked to my dad on the phone, and I said, we named her Ellen Elizabeth. And he said, oh, good, we can call her Ellie Liz. And I said, no, we can't ever call her Ellie Liz. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't like that? No. <laughs> he, um, he gets mad at me for the names I've named my children. So he's, Well, he's just <laughs> he's Now just he's just a curmudgeonly old man. Now he's just a grumpy old man. He's like, you but he wasn't that what? old then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um... Amy says, I loved this book. Someone previously posted about this book on this page. I responded to that post saying, at the beginning of the book, it seemed like Naomi was such a wimp who let everyone walk all over her, especially her future mother-in-law. I loved that when she finally started sticking up for herself. I thoroughly enjoyed her little acts of petty revenge, but maybe that says more about me than the book. Uh, (laughs) Some added thoughts. I not only enjoyed her pranks, I took notes for future use. I've been married for 19 years and lived with my husband for 12 years before we got married. After over 30 years, I totally get how someone can get on your last nerve. Sometimes I look at him and think, I can't believe I'm married to you. (laughs) (laughs) It did surprise 
surprise me that Naomi and Nicholas felt this way so early in their relationship. They haven't been together very long. Perhaps it was due to the stress of planning a wedding. Nicholas's nasty mother and Naomi and Nicholas's total lack of communication. Yes. Uh, Naomi realizes that she has lost her true self somewhere along the way. I think it's very easy to lose yourself in a relationship. And it's not because you're pretending to be someone you're not. It's just that you're so in love that little things truly don't matter. You want to watch a movie I hate again? Okay, I don't mind. I just want to hang out with you. Uh, you want to go to your favorite restaurant again, even though I'd rather stay home? Sure. And this oddly specific example, our family vacation this year is yet again going to be going to your out-of-state baseball tournament for your for the team you coach, the team we have no kids on of our own. Fantastic. I love spending a week with the families of people I don't and couldn't care less about. It truly doesn't matter. Doesn't bother you. Doesn't make you resentful until it does. I think this is the place where Naomi is and she won't stand for it any longer. Um, Amy seems to be speaking from experience because... Amy, I love you, girl, because <laughs> my husband will take time off work so he can go to the Las Vegas National Rodeo and I'm like that's our vacation this year that's what we're planning to do this year that's what we both want to go do yeah. yeah you're a pilot you can take me anywhere yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. we can go anywhere in the world and we're going to las vegas for a rodeo um and then i wanted to share what Catherine said in response to amy's comment because she said i did buy the resentment coming so early in the relationship because especially for chill people they don't think about any socioeconomic gap being an issue while dating, so they are left completely unprepared to prepare to address those issues when they present themselves. And their SES, I don't know what that would be, Catherine. What is that? Significant other. Significant no. Other. Uh, we're so different. Oh, socioeconomic status. Status. Uh, oh. Their socioeconomic status was so different in both upbringing and current occupation. At the end of the day, I think you mix those differences with their communication problems and boom, that's all it takes to create the resentment. I can see that. And I think it's yeah. like Chelsea said with the, you know, living together. And um, I think a lot of their resentments built from that too. Um, Christy says, this was almost a DNF for me. Only reason I pushed through was for the podcast. I have to say, I'm glad I powered through because I did end up enjoying it overall. But man, it wasn't until around 60% before it got interesting for me. Naomi was completely unlikable for most of the book for me. The hero had his issues too, but my main problem was with her. And I didn't find any of her pranks funny. They just seemed petty and mean-spirited in my opinion. The first half of the book, I kept thinking... Uh, to myself, these people do not need to be getting married. <laughs> yes, I thought that as well. <laughs> if they can't communicate at all leading up to the wedding, then I don't have much hope uh, for them after the vows. I would have cut my losses and moved on. I did like the last 40% of the book and thought it ended on a sweet note. I just wish the author hadn't waited till so far into the story to get to the turnaround because I feel like I could have liked it more. Anyway, I'm glad I finished it, but I don't know that I would read this author again. Just my opinion. Yeah. Uh, Christy says, this is my favorite romance of the year so far, and I recommend it to everyone. So. <laughs> we, we, pendulum swing. Di on diverse yeah, opinions. Jess says, I really liked this book. Sarcastic, biting, and ultimately very romantic. There were times that it was a bit suffocating being in only Naomi's point of view because I would have loved to have seen what Nicholas was thinking. And there were times that I thought things went too far and were too mean-spirited. But that could be because we were only reading Naomi's thoughts on things. Overall, though, I loved the whole falling in love again trope and thought it was really well done. I also think that a lot of Naomi's insecurities, especially with how oppressive Deborah was, were understandable. 
The bottom line, although I had a few issues, this was a very enjoyable read for me, and I am even more thankful that I have wonderful in-laws. Haha. <laughs> what did you guys think of the POV? Do you think that having him would have helped, or do you think it could have worked if it was dual POV? I think it could have worked, but I, I think it was better not having dual POV. I think it was better that we just kind of saw the things that he did and figured out what he was thinking from his actions. Yeah. I think it would have made her more unlikable than she already was if we also had his POV. Right. Cause, yeah. Because we would have seen how he was, you know, didn't trying. want to break out and he was trying yeah. to break up and he was trying to get things back together and she was being awful. So it, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we needed to like be on one side for this book in particular. I would agree. And she overthought a lot of things though. So yeah. I don't know. Well, they always do. They always <laughs> do. That's, that's true. Um, Natalie says, womp womp. I DNF'd this one about 20% of the way in. I know people say it gets better and I believe them. Maybe I'm feeling cranky, but I am not in a place right now where I want to spend my precious reading time reading about immature, self-absorbed people who claim to love each other, but who then just complain and are passive aggressive and mean to each other for over half of the book. I love a good enemies to lovers trope, but this dynamic didn't work for me and I didn't want to invest the time that it would take for that to change. P.S. I do appreciate everyone's varied opinions and I'm genuinely glad that lots of people enjoyed this, <laughs> seem to enjoy this one. Um, I get that. Like, if Well, it, I, it makes me a little sad because 20% you've only gotten the bad stuff and then it just really Like starts, the horrible. But yeah. it's like, like a lot of them have mentioned, it does take a while. Like, if you're, if you can't hang you know, within the 20%. I mean, they don't start getting better until like 60%. Well, but I'm yeah. glad that we saw that they were both kind of pretty awful in the beginning. Yeah. And then, because otherwise it, you would like, you'd be like, why is she being so awful to this guy? Yeah. Um, Pendulum Swing. Cynthia says, this was one of my favorites this year. I have lots of thoughts on it, but want to edit myself so as not to bore you. This book made me laugh out loud. I think it came at a time when I desperately needed the laugh since it was just a few weeks into quarantine. What I enjoyed the most, though, was how they found their way back to each other. I completely related to how she gauges how much she loves him, like when she only loves him 18%. I've been there. Uh, their frustration, <laughs> their anger, and their unwillingness to communicate what they wanted. It just all felt so real to me. I know I've been mean to my husband and poked at the places I know will hurt him and vice versa. Yet we always manage to forgive and come back to that great place we both want to be. It's what made me like the book even more. They uh, felt very real and very human to me. All that mixed in with lovely little tender moments made this an utterly enjoyable read for me. Yeah, I do think, I mean, it's interesting that I think this is the one that we've had the most comments about. I related to yeah to this I like I said I I really it really made me look at my own relationship with my husband and you know am I doing all I can to help him understand that I do love him yeah and I agree with what she said like sometimes the people you love the most are the people you can hurt the worst because you know what really <laughs> what how to poke the bear how to yeah. really hurt them you know what to say so I think that book kind of makes you look at that too yeah yeah for sure um, Elizabeth says, I read this book back in April and I loved it. I was a bit unsure about the premise as Second Chance Romance is my fave, but I was so happy I read it. I was hooked in straight away. I couldn't put the book down. I needed to see how they would make their way back together. I found this book hilarious and fun. The mother-in-law was 
horrible and I hated her. I'm a bit happy she didn't get her way in the end. Yes, agreed. I loved Nicholas. I could tell from the beginning he never wanted to end their relationship. He was always trying to make things better. The lack of communication did annoy me and I wish they had just talked it all out, but I really enjoyed this book, as if you can't tell. I think my favorite scene has to be when he shows her his computer game. Yes. I just found it so cute and sweet. I wish we got a bit more steam, but that's my only complaint. I can't wait to hear what you think, and I hope the lack of communication doesn't make you hate this book because it's one of my favorite books this year. Uh, yeah, not all the way. <laughs> okay, um, Amy says, I put off reading this one because of all the negative reviews, and I have been seeing these last few months, but I have to say that I really loved it. This is a bit unexpected because contemporary rom-coms don't always work for me. I laughed out loud several times and my heart broke for Nicholas when Naomi thought they were playing chicken to see who would call off the wedding first, but it was obvious to the reader that he was genuinely trying to save the relationship. I thought Nicholas was sweet and I loved how he turned out to be so different from how we are led to believe him to be at the beginning of the book. I loved Naomi's growth and her gradual realization that she wasn't blameless when it came to the deterioration of their relationship. I finished the book in one sitting and it has given me the biggest book hangover. I have already pre-ordered Sarah Hogle's next one. Um, yeah, I definitely will read another yeah. from her because I... Is I, this book, like, about someone from this story? The next book? Is it about no, someone from I, this story? I, okay, it's a I different... I think it's a standalone, okay. yeah. Okay. Um, Lori says, I cannot express how much I did not want to finish this book. I knew a bunch of no yomos had loved it and y'all convinced me to stick with it, so I did. I think being stuck in Naomi's POV the whole time was a big, huge downer for me. I know Nicholas was not a saint, but considering how crazy Naomi was, I honestly couldn't decide if Nicholas was trying, was truly up to no good, or if she was actually an unreliable narrator who just assumed he was equally determined to blow up their relationship. I will concede that he should have defended Naomi to his mom sooner, but other than that, I'm not sure he was guilty of anything other than patiently waiting for her to come back around. And why? Naomi was pretty unkind, mean, vindictive, and downright self-destructive for so much of this book. I completely understood Naomi's insecurities, and I sympathized with her tendency to twist things to feel like attacks because it allowed her to be the victim. But I honestly don't know how someone so completely hell-bent on sabotaging a relationship was able to change course without the input of an outside source gently guiding her towards self-realization. She didn't seem capable of recognizing the goodness, kindness, support, and generosity of Nicholas all on her own. Don't get me wrong, I'm glad she finally came around, and it was enjoyable to see their friendship bloom. Ultimately, I liked Nicholas. It was pretty early on that I could see he wasn't the bad guy she was making him out to be. Uh, so I was definitely sympathetic towards him, which probably only increased my frustrations with her. I guess I'm glad I decided to finish it, but I won't be recommending this to anyone. I found it too frustrating for too long before the good parts rolled around. Um, I think he's a little bit more at fault than, than that. Yeah. Um, and I think that being in her POV, um, I think she's slightly an unreliable narrator, but... I think, and yes, I agree that, like, we see him trying more, especially in the beginning, than her. But I think when you're in those moments, it's easy to, like, become blind to... I think the part that we don't ever see in the book, really, ever, is them falling in love the first time. Yeah. Like, we see the first date and the first couple of dates, but there was a time when they were obviously deeply and madly in love with each other Mm -hmm. and then got engaged... And then things started to to wane a little bit. I get that. But 
I think that's what he was clinging to is that he really loved her and he really fell hard for her and and you know he wanted that feeling back again yeah especially after reading that first meet part yeah. of the book right you see that he'd been like pining for her right and the, yeah. and the fact that like it kind they kind of were brought together in this weird way I yeah. know that they were meant to be and so he probably yeah just clung on to that a little bit yeah Kimberly says, I am one of the first to DNF if I didn't connect with the characters, but that didn't happen here. There was just enough flaws to make them believable and interest me enough to see how they made it work. So there's one that kept reading. Uh, Jen said, I enjoyed this book, but I admit I was one of the people who found the hate part of this hate to love story got a little too nasty for my taste. I did enjoy Naomi standing up to her in-laws when Naomi and Nicholas let her let down their guard and they become vulnerable with each other. It's a thing of beauty. The love portion of this book was so sweet and when we finally did find out how they first met, I was full on swooning. Yeah. Uh, Raquel says, I knew this book was going to be controversial. I first read it back in July and hated Naomi so much I almost DNF'd it, but was encouraged to keep reading by members of another Facebook group. I was so swooned by Nicholas by the end that I gave it four out of five stars. I usually don't reread books, but decided to do it for a book club. I was surprised to feel so annoyed with Naomi again, even though I already knew things were going to get better. (laughs) So I'd say Sarah Hogle's writing was very good. I was equally won over by Nicholas, even when he bought a house without consulting it with Naomi. Yeah. He is just amazing and so sweet, the video game scene. Swoony eyes. Not to dwell on what everyone has pointed up, about Naomi, but she's an unbelievably self-absorbed self-martyr. So in her head, extremely immature, petty, and has some serious self-esteem issues. The peak of my hate for her was the chapter when she burned the flowers. Some of her coworkers were real a-holes. And what really changed it for me was when she went to shovel the driveway at Nicholas's parents' house. Yes. I think in the end, the moral of the story is that love isn't doing all these small things for your loved one aside from the importance of honest open communication of course as we learn in romance novels on another note when i first read the book i thought i would have liked to read nicholas's pobv but in in retrospect i think it's best this way because if nicholas were to suffer from naomi's aggressions i would have sided with him and disliked naomi to a point where she wouldn't have been redeemable for me yes and if he were to be just as petty as her then i would have dnf'd the book for sure hey i take my heroes and heroines very personal Anyway, I really, really liked this book. The tough, nasty bits are just part of life. I like Sarah Hogle's writing and would read other books from her. Shannon says, well, they certainly lived up to that title. This was almost a DNF for me. Ever catch yourself staring at a car crash because you want to see just how bad it gets? This is how I felt about the beginning of this book. I hated Naomi's inner dialogue. I found her annoying and juvenile. Nicholas was so dismissive and arrogant. Then when Naomi decides to flip the switch and start to sabotage their relationship and the wedding, I was glued to the scene to watch the carnage. I laughed out loud in parts. It was crazy and fun to read. Finally, after all the crazy starts to change and the sweetness of Nicholas starts to show, but I'm not invested them in them. I found myself touched by the sweet acts of love, but I had no real desire to see them together in the end. The two jerks deserved each other. I laughed and I was touched, but in the end, I disliked these two characters so much that I just didn't care anymore, which sucks because I did sort of like the ending. I think if the author had put the scene where they met in the beginning of the book, it would have helped to the reader to see what we would be wishing for these two people to get back to. Instead, I just wanted her to stop incessantly talking to herself about all the things wrong with everything. (laughs) 
tell us how you really feel, Shannon. <laughs> um, that's interesting. I wonder. I liked the placement of the first too. scene, but yeah, that's possible that it could have helped with that. Uh, Patricia says, does anyone remember the 1989 movie The War of the Roses starring Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner? It's a black comedy about an all-out battle over the house Barbara and Oliver Rose continue to live in together while in the midst of a nasty divorce. It probably served as inspiration for the hate part of this story. While some people found it funny, I disliked the ugliness, which made the first part of You Deserve Each Other hard to read, too. But the book was completely redeemed for me by the love part of the story, which didn't exist in the movie. I read the book twice just for the sweet How to Fall Back in Love tutorial. I've been happily married for 16 years, but this story was a good reminder that small but regular acts of love create and sustain the feeling of love. Yeah. Agreed. I yeah. have seen that movie, but it's been a very long time. I remember Probably Danny DeVito was in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? There was another movie this reminded me of, too. It was... Have you seen Fireproof? It's like a Christian movie with... um. Doogie Hauser, I forget his name. Neil Patrick Harris. No, the other guy who was in it. I don't know. Anyways. Okay. Then oh. not Doogie Hauser. <laughs> not Doogie Hauser, the guy who was in it. Anyways. Kirk Cameron. So, Kirk Cameron, yeah. Anyways, there's a movie called Fireproof that. I have not um, seen that one. It reminded me a lot of it where they like hate each other. They're married though, but they hate each other and they slowly do like little, he does little acts and they fall back in love and anyways. Yeah. Sounds like a Hallmark movie. Um, (laughs) Ashley says, I really enjoyed this one. It made me actually laugh out loud, which hardly happens with books. It was the perfect, funny, light read for when I read it. Cough. These COVID times. Cough. I also enjoyed the character development you see them both go through. It felt like they were growing up together in a certain sense, and I really loved that. Yes, I would agree with that. And then finally, you guys had a lot of notes on this one. Uh, March says, I was in serious danger of DBG, death by giggles on this book. I loved it. <laughs> Such an original premise. You'd think it would will be a second chance romance, not my favorite trope, but it was most more like lovers to enemies to lovers, second chance romance, and the enemies part was amazing, but possibly even better when they were battling the world together. I get why it's written from a single POV, but my bet would be that if we could get a sneak peek in Nicholas's head early on, we'd see that he was in on the game before Naomi was. I have the sneaking suspicion, for example, that he gave her the flat tire and made sure he would be home before her to see if it would be the straw that broke the camel's back. Interesting theory, mm. Marcia. Um, final thoughts, you guys, on this book. I really liked it. I, yeah. I mean, the the thing, the one thing I had to quibble with was her driving off. You know, when she saw the invitations in the garbage. But other than that, I get. Yes, it was hard to kind of get through the beginning part, but I got why it was important to have that there. And I think she did an excellent job with a very unusual premise. Yeah. And I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Charles? I I agree with that. And I think it's a really like for me. It went out. Yeah. <laughs> you got there? We As got I there. knew it would. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well written, funny, different. Um, I, I, I will give this one a love. I stand by my love. So there you go. So those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on You Deserve Each Other by Sarah Hogle. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is Not Your Mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter and Instagram, which are not at Not Your Mom's Rom, or you can email us at Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club at gmail.com. 
So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you'd like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On October 12th, we'll be discussing Truth or Beard by Penny Reed with my brother and his wife, Kristen, both returning to the show, and we're excited to have them. Well, they were but separate. together this time. Yes. Yeah. They were separate when they've been on before, but now yes. they're together. So for now, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll be talking more with Chelsea and taking some trips down memory lane. So stay with us. I'm Sarah Wendell from Smart Podcast Trashy Books, part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Smart Podcast is a weekly show that focuses on romance fiction, the nifty folks who read it and write it, and always on what we're reading and recommending and want to tell you about. We could be an expensive podcast to listen to, but we promise great book recommendations and conversations every week. You can find new episodes every Friday, and you can find Smart Podcast Trashy Books on your favorite podcast app. Welcome back. Since we have Chelsea here, I thought we'd get to know her a little better and see which of us could embarrass the other the most. But first, (laughs) (laughs) let's get to know Chelsea. Chelsea, what was your gateway drug into reading romance? And I I know, but tell the people how you got started reading romance. Um, Okay, well, I think you told me about the first one. Well, I remember. Right after I graduated high school. Oh, you gave me like a, the nanny or something like that. Oh, it was it was really yes, cute. Yes. It wasn't as it wasn't like as sexy as no. It's like a but chiclet. It was, and I've yeah. talked about that book before. It's by Melissa Nathan, and someday we're going to read a Melissa Nathan because I freaking love those books. Um, but is that the movie that had no? It's different. Oh, um, but, yeah. Oh yes. Okay. So I didn't read romance for a long time after that because of school yeah. and everything else. And then um, a couple. Uh, it would have been like six years ago. I picked up Fifty Shades of Grey. Yes. Thinking it was a positions book. <laughs> no. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Chelsea. <laughs> this is was... so in keeping with my embarrassing story about you. So this is great. <laughs> um, anyway, so I thought I'd spice things up and I thought, this was that kind of book, and it turned out it was an actual story. So I read that book, and then I read the other ones, and it was a little, <laughs> I mean, that was like the first one I had read for a long time, so that was a little much for me. Yes. For my first well, one. Well, Chelsea, so I- Chelsea, like Marco Polo me, she's like, I read Fifty Shades of Grey, and it was, it was a lot, and I'm like, yeah, Chelsea, there's like <laughs> ones that are way, like, more subtle than that, and better. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um, so I took a break, and then um, I've just I've gotten back into it. Um, part of it was Audible, like I got an Audible account, and I've just been like listening to and and part of it was um, your guys's podcast too. Yeah. I um, was listening to your podcast. I'm like, oh, that sounds like a good book, and I think it was The Duchess Deal. Um, was book. was the first one I came back after. After that, like that was, I had read yeah. some like Regency novels too, but this was yeah. that was like the first steamy romance novel that I come back to, and and I it was really cute, and I loved it, and I've just been listening and reading to yeah. uh, books ever since. So, so I just I just I Marco Polo Chelsea, and I'm just like, okay, you should read this. One. I thought about this one, and you need to read this one too. 
So we've, yeah. you, we've had her do the Penny Reed and the Julia Quinn. And I love Penny Reed. Yeah. So much. Yep. <laughs> so you get to be our friend. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah, kay. hopefully Ryan and Kristen like Penny Reed. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> I know. We've already, because uh, Kristen, we've talked to Kristen and she seems to be liking it. Um, she's like, I'm not sure how Ryan's feeling. I'm like, well, if he doesn't like it, like, he's yeah. disowned. Yeah. He's, he's out, out of here. <laughs> Since Ellen has a say on his yeah. disowned. <laughs> he is the father of my granddaughter, so. Yeah. And yeah. that's the whole thing. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite book, romance or otherwise, would oh. you say? I don't know. Uh, so I'm guessing I get... it's not Fifty Shades. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, there weren't any pictures in it. <laughs> <laughs> That would make that book a whole, yeah, uh, yeah, a lot more interesting. Yeah, that would be a lot worse. Well, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Although there is a movie of it, so, so you can yeah. do that. That's the pictures of it. Yeah. I really did love the the Winston brothers. Am I a cliche coming on here and saying no, that? No. no. But, we get um, it. Yeah. And, and the Bridgertons, that was a wonderful. I just, I really get, I really love the... When I can just keep going and going and going yeah. and just reading more and more about people's, if I'm enjoying it. Yeah, for Otherwise, sure. Yeah, so. Um, do you have, like, a favorite genre besides romance? I, I like the mystery. What was, uh, like, the historical mysteries that you had suggested one and I read one and the I. The Deanna Rayburns or. I, I don't know. Anyways, I really enjoy that, too. Okay, cool. And then do you have like a favorite romance subgenre? I know you like historicals, right? Is that yeah. what you would go with? Yeah. Okay. And then uh, favorite tropes. Have you been reading enough to like have a favorite trope? Like yeah. enemies to lovers or? I don't know. It you just, just like depends all of on them. the story. Chelsea's <laughs> easy to please. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of me too because it's like. I'll enjoy anything if it's well-written. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. Like we said, second chance isn't always our favorite, but I enjoyed this book, and it was a second chance. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so if it's well-written, I'll enjoy any kind of trope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm trying to go through all the ones I've read, and I don't – just a sweet story. I just like yeah. sweet stories. So. <laughs> okay, and then what is your best story about either of us? <laughs> Well, I was going to say, uh, okay, when we were kids, um, me and me and my sister would come out and, and um, stay with our California cousins and our grandparents. Because yeah. every- Chelsea, so Chelsea and her sister were like the only other girls that were my age. Girl cousins. And they lived a couple states away. And then all the cousins that were here were all like boys that were younger than me. So our grandparents and our parents well, would always. Whitney was here for a while, and but, but Whitney was, was like five but years. She was younger. a lot younger too. Yeah. yeah, she was younger than me by a bit, and that makes a bigger difference when you're a kid. So like our parents and our grandparents would always try to get me and Chelsea and her sister together so that we could have some girl cousin time. Yeah, so we would come out and stay for like two weeks. I don't yeah. even know. It felt like a long time. But... Yeah. But it was all fun. Yes. Um, Time flies. Yes. Yeah. But I just remember (laughs) we would get out the home video camera and Ellen would record. um, Okay. This was not. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) 
It wasn't, don't act like this was like just me, but we yeah, would do no. No, a talk we, show. Yeah, so Ellen was like the talk show host and yeah. she would have us on yeah. and like we would like review movies or, and I think, this is funny, we would do like, I'm sure we did a commercial and she did the Kit Kat bar theme. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so whenever I listen to the podcast, I'm always like, it takes me back to when we. It reminded me of when we did your. your it's the Ellen, Ellen show. show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Starring Ellen. So I think you need to dig that out of the archives. Um, show, we, we show have the them. people. We definitely do have have them. Yes. And the <laughs> other thing that there were a lot of videos. And this might have been with the boys too, but um, where the, you guys are they do, not like, appropriate? No, no, no they, they are. are. But like where you guys would do like magic tricks, like you would. Oh like, my gosh! Yes, Chelsea here, and then turn off the camera, turn back on. Oh, oh Chelsea's gone. <laughs> I remember that, and Ryan was the magician, right? Yeah, yeah. it was. It yeah. was in Ryan's magic phase. To be sure, I remember that. <laughs> there was a lot of. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Um, my. This is, like, classic Chelsea story, and it's pretty evidenced by, you know, like, picking up uh, Fifty Shades of Grey and thinking it's a sexual positions book. Um, but <laughs> when Chelsea was a kid, Chelsea, you might need to tell. Tell the hooker story. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Let me start by saying I was a very, very sheltered child. Yes, yes. you were. Very, yes. very sheltered. Yes. Um, in fact, when we would go to California, that's when we would... Yeah, I tell Chelsea's husband, I'm like, you're welcome for making her. (laughs) And he thanks you too. Yeah, very appreciative (laughs) for making you normal. (laughs) Otherwise, who knows? We probably wouldn't have kids yet. Yeah, (laughs) you would not have figured that out. No, very different. No, my kids were. (laughs) Yeah, we were. Yes. So um, this, and this is embarrassing because I was a freshman in high school. (laughs) Yes. So I I dressed up for Halloween and it wasn't anything skanky. It was just like a weird costume. Like it was like cut up jeans and I don't know. Weird clothes that you had. It was just weird clothes I had. And I go to school and my friend asked me what I am and I said, I don't know. And she's like, just tell everyone you're a hooker. And and she's like, make a hooker finger. So I'm like a... Pirate a, fe- a pirate hook. So I'm thinking a hooker is like a pirate. Not realizing <laughs> what a hooker actually is. So Chelsea goes around school for the rest of the day saying, I'm, I'm a, a hooker. hooker. I'm yeah. a hooker. Yeah. I'm a hook finger. And my <laughs> poor teacher, my poor student government teacher had to, he was like, do you know what a hooker is? And I'm like, <laughs> no. And so he had to explain to me, or I can't remember if he did or if he had like one of the seniors explained to me what <laughs> like they're like it's someone who sells their body for money i'm like oh <laughs> that's not but that's not it's funny you bring that up on this podcast because ellen also brought that story up at my wedding in front of my in-laws <laughs> <laughs> it's a good story um yeah that's classic chelsea story also chelsea um i can never hear the song uh hey jealousy by the gin blossoms without thinking yes. of you because when chelsea was little she thought it was hey, hey chelsea, chelsea. 
they're not saying that. <laughs> what? And the and the Christmas song in ex Chelsea's Dayo, I thought they were saying in in Chelsea's Day. Like, <laughs> in Chelsea's sure. Day. So my yeah. kids think that's my Christmas song. There you go. It's it's not sacrilegious to no. think that. No. <laughs> that's absolutely fine. Yeah, yeah that normal. can be your song. Yeah. No one knows what that means anyway. So. <laughs> no. True. Yeah, that's what I figure. It's Latin. Um. Anyway, that's all. That's all I have for Chelsea. Really, thanks. Thanks uh, for, yeah. But it was me. it was so fun to have you on. And <laughs> thank you just so much. Get to hang out with you because I know it's been a while. And now Chelsea. you're my favorite niece. So yeah, yes. Screw yes. Whitney. Yeah, Whitney can. Suck <laughs> and it. I hope Whitney's listening. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> thank um, you. Yeah, yeah, we should say too. We we should have said this at the beginning, but. Whitney is mom's sister's, mom's younger sister's daughter, and Chelsea is Ch- is my mom's older brother's older brother's daughter. Daughter, yeah. So yes. they're both from my side of the family. Yes, um, yes. Which explains why they're all so normal. <laughs> that's it. The- <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's the word people used to describe me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks to Chelsea. Thanks so much for joining us, you listeners. And again, if you'd like to join us on October 12th for our discussion on Truth or Beard by Penny Reed with Brother Ryan and Sister-in-Law Kristen. We should explain that when we asked Brian and Kristen if they wanted to be on the show, they, well, they wanted to be on the show, and they wanted to read a Penny Reed, because we talk about Penny Reed ad nauseum. Yeah. And, um... Then so then we were like, well, we've already done, done beard so science. Many, we've done so many. We've done reads. so many penny reads on the show, and so I said, well, if we're gonna do it, let's start with the first book in the Winston Brothers series. Yeah. That way, we can if they if they want to continue, they can keep reading. Yeah. But um, remember, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at Not Your Mom's Rom. Or on Facebook or Goodreads or email us at notyourmomsromancebookclub at gmail.com. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show and we just love to read them. All right. Thanks, Mom. Welcome, Ellen. Thanks, Chels. Of course. Thank you, Ellen. All right. Bye, Chels. And Julie. Bye, Bye, guys. Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.